Thank you, Sean. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, um, and I'm really delighted. Uh, the passage today, what a powerful passage. What an incredible passage to talk about. And of course, it, it digs into things that are quite challenging, quite tough. And the journey that I've gone through in looking at and dwelling and meditating on this, there are questions that um, I'm going to put out to you. But I want to say to you that I am a, a work in progress. Yes, our victory is won. Yes, we are saved. Yes, I am redeemed. But am I fully restored? Am I living the life that God has called me to live? And so even though I talk to you these words as if, someone, as if I am someone who has done it, no, I am far from that. I kind of believe God has, has given me this passage because he really wants me to learn from this. So I hope that you will come with me on this journey. I hope that you will um, be encouraged from this. Um, and I pray that we all as a church will go deeper into God. Because uh, we are all broken people, aren't we? We are all broken people. But it's in that brokenness, in that weakness, that God's strength is seen and shown. So, praise the Lord. I wonder how your week has been like. Would people know that you're a Christian? It's not easy to live like Jesus, to do what he would do, to be as patient as he would be if you sat in your car by Whitcomb traffic lights. I don't know about how many of you, but how frustrating are those red lights? They go green for a second, and I get really irritated when someone waits at the pedestrian crossing. They press the button, and I want to cross, but I can't. They've already crossed, and it's still red. Then the green light goes ahead of me. How frustrated am I? Jeff Bridges wrote a book called Respectable Sins. I would really, really recommend it. It's taught me a lot. It's shown me how far short of the mark I often am. Am I a Christian? Would you know I'm a Christian if you sat with me in my car at Whitcomb traffic lights? I cannot live my Christian life by just following rules. For these are the outward appearances I present to everyone. But when I'm in my car, hmm, so how do I live a Christ-like life? What makes me set apart? The true distinguishing mark of a Christian is his confidence in the love of Christ and the way in which he captures, confronts, and ultimately yields his affections to Christ in return. Love is the answer, not following rules, but falling in love with God and then spending the rest of my life in that relationship. It is the greatest love affair in all of history. The second greatest love affair is my wife. And I remember the first time I met her, I saw her, she was wearing a red jumper, very bright red hair, and I was smitten. It is, love is the most powerful thing. And I believe that when God looks down on us, he sees each of us with that same passion. God is love. And the children of God are ruled in their inmost powers by love. I wonder how much our lives are really affected by knowing God and knowing that he loves us. Do we really grasp the depths of his love? 
Do we really truly know its meaning? Do our lives, the way we live, talk, act, even drive our cars, reflect God's love? Our history is rich with men and women like Hudson, C.T. Studd, that have truly understood this and reflected it. For it is this power of love, this passion for the glory of Jesus, that is the seal and mark of all genuine Christians, whose dependence upon Christ's love meant they dared much. And because of their love to Christ, they did much. Because of their reliance upon the love of Jesus, they were not afraid of their enemies. And because of their love to Jesus, they stood strong in the face of the foe. Jim Elliot said this, I seek not a long life, but a full one, like you, Lord Jesus. Jim Elliot was driven by love. His passion would annoy many, as he would say, it would annoy his well-fed church in the homeland, because he challenged people to have a hallowed, daredevil spirit, a passion, what he called a saintly madness. Do our lives reflect this same passion, this same desire to say, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. Now, the book of Romans is regarded by some as the greatest book in the Bible and chapter 8 as the greatest chapter. It was written, as we know, by Paul before the Gospels were written. And it was written to explain, correct, and encourage. Paul knew the hardships his readers were going to face. He explained that they were going to have tough times. But as often with Paul, he gets so excited about the future glory. He desperately wants his readers to see the end game. He wants them to know how much God loves them, that there is no condemnation, and that they have an amazing inheritance. He wants them to be empowered. And so he writes, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? Well, a conqueror is someone who's already defeated, a battle that has already been won. So before we even face challenges, hardships, tribulations, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or the sword, we have already overcome. The battle is won. Notice, this is in the present tense, not the future, not you will overcome, you will have conquered, but we have already won. Here, right now, because of the love of Christ, we are more than conquerors. We have already won the battle. When Paul wrote that phrase, more than conquerors, he actually amalgamated, combined two words, now, my Greek is not very good, so forgive me if you are a scholar of Greek. But it's two words. The first word is nikau, which means to conquer. The second is hyper, which means to over, to go beyond. So the idea is that this is an absolute conquest, an overwhelming and final, prevailing, completely one conquest, so that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, heights, depth, nothing in all of creation will be able to separate the love 
of God in Christ Jesus our Lord to us. So let's think about this for a second. Before you ever get a problem, you can live with confidence that whatever comes your way, you're more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. And we need to get this truth deep in our spirit so that we don't live afraid of bad news or afraid when some things happen that weren't in our plans or we get disappointed. We don't have to be afraid because greater is he that is in you than is in the world. Now, for me, I can sing about faith. I can talk about faith. And when the sun shines, boy, do I trust in faith. But then God took me and my family on a journey. And my faith was tested, battered and bruised. At times, God calls us to step out of the boat. And it's a journey where I've had to use my faith and my trust. And I have to say, I wouldn't have chosen it. I would not have gone where I was told to go. But every morning, we put this verse. Every morning, we read this. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Because nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ our Lord. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been there where you think things are bad and then it gets worse? Let me tell you from my own pain, it's in that place where we have a choice. We have to say, either the life I've professed professed to live is false or God is true, God is just. When you've got a big problem, do not ever let the enemy convince you that God does not love you. Let go, let God. When we are faced with a problem, it isn't that God doesn't love us. It is sometimes an indication that the enemy hates us. And he will try everything he can to derail us. Our faith will be tested at times. And if we didn't have any problems, well, we wouldn't need faith. That's what faith is for. Faith takes us through the times we don't understand and helps us come out victorious on the other side so that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. The flames will not set you ablaze. You may be going through something, but the good news is that you are going through something. You are already moving. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put into the fiery furnace, there was a fourth person there, Jesus. Jesus is always with us in all our trials and tribulations. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the furnace, guess what? The fire had not burned their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. There was no smell. We are more than conquerors. Even in the midst of all these things, we are more than conquerors. Many here have, tr- many here have children, I guess, and I'm, I guess you love them. But even when there's a problem, you're not going to leave them, are you? You're not going to abandon them. Even as parents, we wouldn't do that. I have a friend um, who had saved a lot in his life. He, 
He saved a lot of money to, to, to retire and build his own home. But then his older son needed money, and I'm talking about a lot of money. Um, so he gave it. He couldn't follow his own dreams. He gave his son most of the money he had. Um, some 20 years have passed, and I spoke to my friend just a few days ago, and I talked about how his journey was, and he said that he has no regrets, that in fact, he is where God wants him to be, that all things have worked together for good. Now, if we as, if we as, as earthly parents know how to care and love, then how much does our heavenly Father get stirred up and on our side when we cry out to him, you know, we need the eyes of Elisha. We need to see the armies of angels surrounding us. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? To see on the horizon the chariots, angels. It says, you know, when we're there, when that lady of yours is in heaven now, she's there with a crowd of witnesses. Now, when I was a kid, I read that Bible with the pictures on it. You know, those little stick men pictures. And I always remember 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. And there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, and not just for me, but for all those that love the Lord. And in that picture, there's all these crowd of witnesses cheering you on. We need to see with the eyes of Elisha. When troubles are hard, we need to know God is there. For many years, I've lived my, Christ, uh, my, my life as a Christian, saved and redeemed, but not restored. You see, when God called us, and we answered. We gave up our jobs. We gave up our home. We took our family to live in a hard place. God stripped away the chaff and the straw to get to the wheat. What this passage and my journey is digging down into is to really question whether I truly understand who I am. Do I really understand my true identity? Am I an heir? Am I truly his child? Do I belong? See, the enemy wants to keep us, our will, uh, us wilted in spirit. The foe wants to keep you down, to doubt yourself, to live in fear and uncertainty. But my life is hid in Christ. The enemy wants to diminish believers, make them small-minded, small-spirited, small-souled. But we belong to him we belong to him. I am a new creation. Not I will be. I am. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has come. Uh, the old has gone. The new is here. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is not seen, but what is not unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We have to work on this all the time, who we are in Christ. Because often, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I need to continually keep my eyes on him, to meditate on his word in order to remain in the building whose walls are his promises and whose foundation is the cross. Do you know there are over 5,000 promises in the Bible? The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. 
He enables me to tread on the heights. And on these heights, we will see the promise of his glory. On these heights, I will look back and see that throughout all my trials, my tribulations, my disappointments, you have been there. My flesh and my heart fail, but God, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It is the great love of Christ that helps us to conquer because in his sufferings and death, he became the companion of all the weary. The rough, dark, lonely road changes its look when we see his footprints there, not without specks of blood in them where the thorns tore his feet. We ultimately conquer our afflictions because we recognize that in all our afflictions, he was afflicted and that he has gone through all that we have gone through. This one thought, the companionship of the Christ in our sorrows. The companionship of the Christ in our sorrows makes us more than conquerors. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me, may rest upon us. Amen.